This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby with you on a Saturday morning wherever you are in the wonderful state of Western Australia. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine. Had a couple of days where it's top 30 earlier in the week. Summer is officially here, Paul Hazelby, but the one thing we don't have as I welcome you in is our summer sports yet. No, it is a great stake too, as you mentioned, but uh, could be an open stake soon too as well. We might be able to allow some of those visitors from interstate to come in and enjoy our great riches here in Western Australia. But you're right, I come in today with a bit of sadness. There's no more footy to look forward to. There's actually no sport here in the West really to look forward to. Maybe the Big Bash, we might get some games, but the basketball's gone elsewhere. The Sheffield Shield, the footy season's a long, long way away. <laughs> the Wildcats, we don't know what's going to happen with them, but uh, at least we got through. And just on reflection, a pretty good footy season. You have to admit, we were lucky to get the season underway. The players, the administrators, the coaches, the clubs, they deserve some credit before we get into our dig mm. for getting it done. And well done to the eventual winners. The Tigers did it the hard way, didn't they? The tradesman way, they went out of Victoria for 110 days plus and still got it done. Well done to the Tigers. Yeah, they certainly did. And we in WA have a tendency to have a chip on our shoulder when it comes to the Eastern States, and particularly Victorian teams in the AFL. But I think this year has taught us a lot of things. A, it's that the community can pull together when they need to. And I know people will say, you know, the players are upset about their wages. Well, I'm sorry, but everybody's upset about money in a time like this. So I don't begrudge them for that. But if you're away for 110 days or whatever it was, 120 days, I think it might have ended up being, and you play the grand final on a non-Victorian ground and you beat another Victorian team there. Now, okay, they lost to Brisbane in the opening week of the finals. You could probably argue that. But I think it puts to rest once and for all that this year, and you can argue, you know, they had 12 home games to finish when they last won, but I think it puts to rest that Richmond were the best team this year because they looked down and out against Port Adelaide. They found a way to come back in wet conditions on the road, and then they go up and they, of course, win at the Gabba against Geelong after being down at half time. So I think I usually I'm the type of person who goes, I don't want the Tigers to win, but I think they thoroughly deserved it this year. Can I be honest? I wrote them off about three times. I thought they were done. I thought their attitude wasn't going to stand up in mm. the hubs. And they broke a few of the quarantine rules up there and mm. some players were sent home. Despite that, they got it done. And, geez, what about that footage? I'm not sure if you saw it of Brendan Gale talking about his plans for the football club mm-hmm. over the next six years. Now, this was going back was to 2013, 2013 I think it was. 13, mm. 14, saying three premierships by 2020, 100,000 members, 
Well, no, they, you said 75. They've now got 100,000. Mm. They do have the three premierships. It's remarkable, and I, I reckon a few football clubs out there might be saying the same. Can't happen to all of them, though, Beef. But you know what? This is the type of thing, and a lot of clubs do this, whether it's new management, new CEO, new president, whatever it is. They come out and they make these bold declarations. Mm. and It's as much selling hope to members and, and corporates as it is anything else, but occasionally it happens. And that's what we've witnessed. And it's very often, not very often, I should say, that somebody gets behind a microphone and publicly says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have a sustained period of success and become the envy of the competition. And I'll tell you what, in 2013, after I think they'd finished ninth five years in a row or something, everyone was laughing at them. They've managed to make it happen. And I think you've got to give big uh, congratulations to them. What about the Cats, though? Now, they need to rebuild. They're an ageing list. But, gee, they're bringing in some good players. Jeremy Cameron, Isaac Smith, Sean Higgins as well. Mm. Uh, you know, do you see this club bouncing back? They want to bounce back quick with their recruiting strategy over the last couple of years, but what a club to stay up there and get so close. Yeah, I think I don't think things are maybe as urgent for Geelong as people think. For maybe a Dangerfield and a Selwood, probably. Um, but it, I think we saw this year particularly your Mitch Duncans, your Guthries, your Menengols, all of those guys stood up, and they're not quite 30 yet. So you've still got a couple of really prime years in them. Uh, hopefully they can win one for the likes of Danger and another one for Selwood, who I know has already had such a successful career already but um, look maybe these guys coming in Jeremy Cameron you're going to get probably let's say three to five years really really solid years out of him Um, and I think with Tomahawk aging that's what you need so I think Geelong will rebuild their list they'll do it well um, and they'll be in a force for another three to five years like they've continued to be for the last three to five years. What it does tell you, Beeve, is uh, never be afraid to lose a gun player. They lost yep. Tim Kelly. You should never pay overs. I think that's what they do mm. so well. You probably go, well, did the West Coast Eagles pay massive overs for Tim Kelly from yeah. what we saw first year? Probably. I think they did. You know, Dangerfield left the Crows. They played finals. You've got uh, Buddy Franklin left the Hawks. They won a premiership yep. the next year. Compensation is very good. And, you know, when you're losing a player like that, it's a buyer's money. Market. You're going to get a better deal when it comes to compensation and picks. Absolutely. Now, uh, plenty still to come here on Off the Bench. We'll get to our dig a little bit later on in the show, but the Men's International Summer of Cricket was announced during the week. Uh, Justin Langer caught up with yourself, Paul Hazelby and Carl Langdon earlier in the week. We'll have that for you next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you earlier in the week, of course, with the releasing of the Men's International Summer of Cricket Schedule. Uh, we were lucky enough, that is yourself, Hayes and Carl Langton, to catch up with Australian cricket coach Justin Langer. JL, how are you, mate? And nice to have you on the program. Yeah, great talking to you guys. It's um, been a little while since England. Uh, I'm going well. I was coming out of four weeks quarantine, so... Um, I'm feeling nice and fresh and ready to go for the summer. So just take me through it. You had five to six weeks over there in England in a hub. You returned to Australia where you spent two weeks in a hotel in Adelaide in quarantine where you had, I believe, a number of COVID-19 tests. Then you return home to Western Australia for another two weeks of quarantine. Can you take me through the process? Oh, not really. I wish I could, but, I mean, that is the process. So uh, there's, we're making there's plenty of sacrifices being made to keep the show on the road, uh, and it's you know it's frustrating at times, no doubt about that. But um, you know I've got through it now, and I'm, I'm really pumped about the summer. Although I did say that my dad, when I was in uh, England, I was telling my dad about this, and he said, "Oh, hey son," I said, "Yeah, what is it, dad?" He said, "You took the boys to Gallipoli in the Western Front the last two years, didn't you?" I go, "Yeah, I did." He said, "You should have taken them to Broome and Bali." I said. <laughs> What are you talking about? He goes, well, mate, stop whinging. A lot of people made big sacrifices for our country. So uh, stop your whinging. Get on with it. So 
I'd like to get more into it, but I'm not going to whinge for my dad's sake. Can we get on with it so everyone can enjoy some cricket? Righto. Speaking of getting on with it, though, uh, there's going to be none, sadly, here in Western Australia. No test matches, no short-form games either internationally, which uh, we're all, I think, gre- uh, you know, craving, we're wanting. We want that entertainment played here, which means that uh, you're going to have to spend some more time on the road. And you've assembled a squad today, and there's a couple of newcomers, or one particularly from Western Australia. Yeah, look, it's, it's, a, it's a big trip. I'll leave on the 22nd of November, and I'll probably get back to Perth in April, I reckon. So um, I'm enjoying this time off at the mo- or time at home, that's for sure. But it's going to be a really testing summer for everyone. I think that um, not only for the fans and the people who miss out on cricket here in West Australia, um, and I know how much we love our cricket over here. I mean, the Perth Scorchers is almost an institution, isn't it? The Scorchers fans... And let's just pray that there's some uh, some opportunities for the Big Bash because we certainly love our cricket here. Let's hope the borders soften a little bit so that can happen. Um, and as for our team, yeah, we've named a really good team. Uh, we've got we're playing good good cricket. Our one day cricket we beat England in the last series. Our T20 cricket's been excellent. So I'm really looking forward to taking on India, who are becoming one of our biggest rivals. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful series now. Cameron Green, let's talk about him. I've been on his bandwagon for a long time since last year. I was a bit surprised he was included in this squad. I expect him to be included in any future test squad. But why into the one-day and T20 squad at this time, JL? Oh, a couple of reasons, Hayes. One is that Mitch Marsh is out. And obviously uh, Cameron Green and Moses and Reeks both come in as uh, almost direct replacements for another medium pace. Uh, all-rounder. And what we've found is that we've had to get better at our one-day cricket. And you look at some of the really good teams around the world, um, you know, they've usually got another a sixth and seventh bowling option. Uh, you think about Ben Stokes in England. Uh, they've got those extra... And we did that in England with Mitch Marsh, Marcus Stoinis and Glenn Maxwell. So it gave Finchie a few more options in the, in the bowling department. So that's why we specifically picked Cameron Green, who's hopefully going to bowl in this, the next, next two Shield games. A few overs, Moses and Reeks has been bowling it, both in terrific form and a direct replacement for Mitch Marsh. More of Justin Langer coming up on Off The Bench. Off The Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off The Bench, wherever you are in Western Australia on this Saturday morning, continuing our chat from earlier in the week with Justin Langer, Hayes. What I love about your squads, JL, is there's no free handouts to young players on potential. You've got to earn your spot and the inclusion of Moses Henriques, as you mentioned, a player that's been through a bit, but his form last year solid and he started this season really well too. Yeah, he won the, um, the I think New South Wales Sheffield Shield Player of the Year last year, captain the the Sixers to a win. Uh, he's a very, he's a Terrific young bloke. He's a very, very good cricketer. So, And someone like Cameron Green, I, I remember playing county cricket all those years ago and the English used to say, oh, you know, it's amazing in England, Australia, you always got this youth policy, you always pick young players. And I said, well, actually, they, we only pick young players if they're knocking the door down. And they, they were talking about the Ricky Pontings and the Damian Martins of the world. Well, Cameron Green is knocking the door down. He, he's young, but he's got 400s in eight or, eight or nine Sheffield Shield games or 10 Sheffield Shield games. So you've got another one, 199 the other day, started the season well. He's a terrific talent. You know, Greg Chappell's been telling me for three years he's the best young batting talent in Australia. I love his bowling. So, my gosh, he could be a superstar of the future. A lot of these players have been obviously playing in the IPL. They come back and play this series. What about the Test Series? Are they going to be underdone or will they be right given potentially the lack of four-day cricket leading into that Test Series? 
Yeah, we've got some challenges, no doubt. I mean, one of the challenges is the guys who come back from the IPL, they'll go into quarantine and we'll go, the guys who aren't in the IPL will go over to Sydney to meet them. And we literally play a one day international the day after quarantine. So we haven't seen the guys for, uh, we'll end up being three or three and a half months or so, and we'll catch up on the morning of the one day international. So there's a challenge in itself. Um, and then a few weeks later, we play Red Bull cricket. But the guys we talk about, remember, are Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood, David Warner and Steve Smith. So all seasoned pros. They've been playing cricket. They're up and running. They know what to do. So that's less of a concern for me. Now, looking ahead, we have a, a couple of tours scheduled. Now, whether we end up going to South Africa is probably still something that is up in the air from a South African cricket perspective. But if we head there in February, we've got, a, I think, a test series against New Zealand happening at the same time. And I know you're very strong in your comments when you've been away around having two squads in two different countries. It's certainly going to stretch us, isn't it? Well, it is. It's going to stretch us for a number of reasons. Uh, one... And look, I've made my comments about it. I understand we're in a really unusual um, scenario around the world, in, in not just in sport, but you know, I'm one for one Australian cricket team, not two. We're one country, not two countries. Um, so that is going to, but it's also going to stretch our Sheffield Shield competition at the end of the season. You know, we'll take extended squads to South Africa and New Zealand, so that takes the you know probably 36 players out of the Sheffield Shield competition. So. It's not ideal, but we also understand that countries like New Zealand need us to go to to New Zealand as much as we need India to come here or England needed us to go to um, over there. So at the moment, we're trying to look after each other as best we can. JL, around the world in world sport, all coaches are, or a lot of co- coaches are being cut from their teams. What about you? What support staff will you have around you coming into these next series? Yeah, we had to make we had to we had a few redundancies early up. We've got to really tighten things up. I mean, there's there's not a we know in AFL. Obviously, with my close links with the Eagles, we understand with the the soft cap what's happening. We're seeing it in uh, in rugby. We're seeing it everywhere. We're going to have to. The difference for us at the moment, we still haven't played the season, so um, I, I'm expecting there's some big costs with playing all this cricket. Um, we're we're on a nice edge that hope, praying that uh, India get out here. That's going to ease some of the pain for the the economy of, of Australian cricket. Um, but certainly we're keeping a really close eye on it, Hayes, because we won't be immune. We haven't been immune, and I assume we won't be immune in the future. Justin Langer there. Great to have him join us this morning on Off the Bench. Plenty more still to come. Stick around. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. Time to get into this. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Oh, and it is a delayed dig today at the end of the program and also nearly a week. In fact, back we bang on a week. Um, since the thing that I'm going to dig happened and it is the AFL Grand Final, not the spectacle, nothing like that, but I think we tried... A, a twilight or a night grand final haze uh, didn't didn't really do much for me. I, I don't have a problem with trying it, but I, I sit back and I go, it didn't feel like a grand final. And that could have been down to a variety of factors. The fact that it was uh, up at the Gabba, the, the weird year that we've had, um, I'm not sure. But maybe I think just because we've always had it at day at the MCG, maybe it just didn't feel like a grand final for me. I think we've tried it. 
let's not do it again. Let's just keep the traditional slots because I think they work for the AFL and it's been a proven winner in the past. Well, I'm not willing to give up on the twilight. Now, this was a night grand final. Mm-hmm. The, the big issue, I think, going into Victoria, where most of the market is, let's yep. be honest, it was very late over there. You don't want that. It was mm. going to air at, uh, you know, 7.30 at night, finishing around 9.30. That is too late mm-hmm. for many of the kids. But I think there is an opportunity for a 4.40 time slot at in Melbourne, yeah. and it was different because you don't have the big parade, the yeah. Brownlow medal, the functions that go with it, the big breakfast over there in Victoria as well. Looking forward to, to it going back to Victoria, no doubt about that next year. But, you know, it, it was a different environment in Queensland. Well done to Queensland. Mm. Congratulate them too. I know it's not a dig, but they've got a lot of sports off the ground. Mm-hmm. They deserve everything that's coming their way. They've played their right cards, and they deserve that. The other thing I was going to say was, we And again, I mentioned this off the top. We in WA love to have pot shots at Victoria. But can I just say this? I never want the AFL Grand Final out of Victoria again. Because there is something magical about the MCG. And players say this all the time when you ask them. They, they say, if, if I want to play at the MCG, I want to go there. I want to beat a Victorian team on the MCG on Grand Final Day. I can see why after having it played at the Gabba. And props to the AFL for getting the season up and running. Props to Queensland and the Gabba for making it happen. But... I'm I'm looking forward to it being back in Victoria next year. Yeah, they do it well, don't they? Mm. Not only that event, they obviously pack out the week, but also the Boxing Day Test, which I was privileged enough to go to last year for the Mm. first time. It's special. 92,000 people there, lots of Victorians and also lots of New Zealanders coming across for that Boxing Day Test. They do it better. There's no doubt about that. Even when we do get big events here in the West, like we do get our cricket fixture here, (laughs) but we never really get more than 25,000 cricketers that turn up to our test here at Optus Stadium, even though it does fit 60,000. So, well done, Victorians. I've got a dig, though. It you is a one? Victorian. Lee yeah. Matthews, come on, <laughs> oh, Come on. You had one job on grand final day. Now, Lee Matthews had the voting card for the Norm Smith. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he wrote the wrong name. Nathan Broad, he wrote down, instead of Jaden Short. Would you believe it? Jaden Short wasn't too far off the great Dustin Martin. And mm. what if that had been a bigger issue and he had a won mm. the Norm Smith? Big Lee. Or if the misplays voice had meant the other person would have won the Norm Smith. But, uh, yeah. Look, not not the greatest thing, but you know what? This is this is the card, right? You write that, write it down on a piece of paper or a bit of cardboard or, or whatever it is. Why have we not gone digital with this? It's time. Why? I remember talking to Malcolm Blight ages ago, and, and this is the same for when you your um, showdown medals or you you know Roscoe and Dinning uh, Allen medals. Why are we putting this on paper? Why are we not just on a on an app or a little computer or you just walk like a polling booth? You just walk into a polling booth, push your three, two, one. And it automatically figures it out. I don't know why. Yeah, I've done that before, the voting for the Ross Glendening medal. And it's not good because you've got to do it before the last 10 minutes. Mm. And you're in a bit of a frantic rush. You're trying yep. to commentate as well. So I think they do need the technology to come into play. One, one last dig before one last, we go. One last. Phil Gould, commentator for yep. Channel 9. I'm not sure if you listened to him the other night. Uh, a great win it was for the Storm over Penrith. But it was 22-0 at halftime. Mm-hmm. And all his commentary was about how good Penrith were playing. You wouldn't read about yeah, it. And they were down. I they were down point. 22-0. Yeah. And yes, they did come back and they had their chances in the first half. But if you are a commentator, you need to get off the fence. You need to be obviously supportive of <laughs> both teams. Impartial. Call it mm. impartial, whatever you want to name it. He didn't do it. And he certainly copped it on social media. That's the beauty now that if you do something wrong in the media... Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, the fans, they're not uh, shy and coming for No, absolutely not. Can I just say this, though? You're obviously a Dockers legend. Have you ever been accused of being favourable to the Dockers on a call? Never. I think I always go the other way because mm. maybe you're mindful of it. But mm. to be honest, most of my commentating career over the last four years 
has been a negative time for the Fremantle yeah. Dockers. So it, it has been probably a bit more favourable to West Coast because in that time... They've actually won premierships. They've been better yeah. and they, their club has been better. Absolutely. Hayes, really appreciate your time once again on Off the Bench. We look forward to it again next week. And thanks for your company. We'll catch you again next Saturday. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.